I want to again wish the moms a happy Mother's Day, and especially my mommy. My mommy's back there. Hi, mommy. Happy Mother's Day. I haven't gotten a chance to get back there and give you a hug, so I'm so glad to see you, Mom. And uh, so thankful for her and the influence in the gospel that she's been in my life. So grateful for you, Mom. Um, I also want to thank God for uh, just our graduates in Crossfire. We got a chance to pray for last night at our Crossfire uh, parent youth meeting. Um, I had the honor of being the youth pastor here in the church, and I love doing that. And um, we've had a number of just teens go through our Crossfire parent youth ministry through the years, but we have a number of graduates related to our um, to our church graduating this year as well. We got a chance to pray for uh, Rebecca Lilienthal last evening and David Groskop and also Garrett Putnam. But I also want to give thanks to God for Max Zelensky and Jeremy Goodman, who have been a part of our Crossfire ministry as well uh, through the years. And um, is there any other graduates that are graduating uh, this year? If you are, could you lift your hand up so we can kind of just thank God for you? Um, <laughs> yeah, graduate nation. That's awesome. Good. Uh, can we just uh, thank God for our graduates uh, who have just graduated this year? We're going to pray for them in just a moment, but I want you to open up your Bibles to Exodus chapter 12. Um, the title of the message this morning on this Mother's Day is the Passover and Exodus. The Passover and Exodus. So um, let's look at God's word in Exodus chapter 12. And let's begin reading in Exodus 12. And we're going to read beginning in verse 1. Um, this, this sermon is going to cover Exodus 12 and 13. So I'm not going to read the entire two chapters, but I'm going to read Exodus 12, a good portion. Let's read God's word together and then we'll pray. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons, according to what each can eat. You shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish a male, a year old, you may take it from the sheep or from the goats and you shall keep it until the 14th day of this month when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts of the lintel of the houses in which they eat. They shall eat the flesh that night roasted on the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs they shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted, its head with its legs and its inner parts. And you shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. In this manner you shall eat it, with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And on all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, 
I will pass over you. And no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Let's pray together. Almighty God, as we turn our attention to your word this morning and we look at the Passover and we look at the Exodus, would you please touch our hearts on this this happy Mother's Day? We thank you so much for the children that were dedicated. And we pray for your blessing on each and every one of them and the moms and the dads. We also pray for our graduates. I pray for your blessing, Lord God, on on Jeremy and on Max, on Garrett and David. We also pray, Lord God, for Rebecca and Lord, any other graduates related to our families. We ask that you would bless them and that you would cause them to love Jesus Christ with even more passion and devotion and that you would raise them up to be pillars in the church, that they would be proclaimers of your gospel and that they would shine like bright lights for Jesus in this dark world that so desperately needs a Savior. Use them for your purposes in their generation. And we ask, Lord, that you would touch our hearts from your word this morning and that you would encourage and comfort all of the mothers here through your word. Thank you so much, Jesus our Passover lamb, for laying down your life for us on the cross. Amen. Amen. Great, we're going to look at three points this morning. Uh, The first point is uh, saving blood. Saving blood. Secondly, sudden redemption. And thirdly, steady reminders. Uh, Saving blood, sudden redemption, and steady reminders. Let's look first at saving blood. You look at Exodus 12 in the section of Scripture that we just read, and you look at verse 13, it it actually says, the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This blood that they were to put on the doorposts of their houses was to be a sign to them that when God sees the blood, He passes over those who are covered by the blood, who by faith put the blood of the Lamb on the door of their houses. And we, by faith, trust in Christ and put the blood of Christ on the door of our hearts. And by God looking and seeing the blood of Christ appropriated by faith, God passes over us as well. Look at verse 23, further down in Exodus chapter 12. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians, and when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door, and look at this phrase, and will not allow the destroyer to enter your houses to strike you. There is this destroying angel, this avenging angel of God. And we see a reminder here of the holiness of God. That God is a God who judges sin and judges unrepentant sin and sinners. In this case, the, the nation of Egypt who would not bow the knee to the lordship of our awesome God who is the Lord. 
Look at verse 26. It continues. And when your children say to you, what do you mean by this service? You shall say, it is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover, for He passed over the houses of the people of Israel and Egypt when He struck the Egyptians, but spared our houses. He struck the Egyptians, but spared our houses. And the people bowed their heads and worshipped. When they recognized the saving blood of the Passover lamb, was saving blood that actually spared their house when the Egyptian houses were struck by the destroyer. They bowed their heads and they worshipped. My dear friends, I have a question for you. Does the blood cover you? As we think of Mother's Day, I was thinking about how often it is the case for moms to just struggle with guilt that they are somehow failing their children or letting them down and they're not being the best moms that they possibly could be. And I know this because my own wife, Shannon, can struggle with this. I want to tell you just a quick story. Uh, we were on our way to take our kids on a trip just this past New Year's to New York City to go see a Broadway show. We took, uh, we saved up for this. Instead of getting the kids Christmas gifts, we kind of saved up to go see this Broadway show. And um, so we were all excited, packed up. We were going to have an overnight in New York City. It's going to be a, it was just going to be a blast. And we had a great time. But as we were on the way to uh, New York City for this trip that my wife Shannon planned and did such a great job in detail planning for it, um, we, we drove past the... Uh, Crayola factory off of 78 on the way to New York City. Some of you might be nodding right now. You know what I'm talking about, the Crayola factory. And we were driving along and just this wave of guilt came over my Shannon. And she was just said, just, I, I feel like I'm failing the kids as a mom because I haven't yet taken them to the Crayola factory. <laughs> Here we were on the way to New York City <laughs> on a trip that she planned. And she was feeling like she was failing the kids because she hadn't yet taken them to the Crayola factory. Like, hon, we're going to go see a Broadway show. I think the kids will probably remember that <laughs> and uh, have a sweeter memory of that than the Crayola factory. Though, you know, listen, the Crayola factory is great. I'd love to see the Crayola factory, but... It's indicative of how easy it is for us to struggle with guilt for letting our family members down. Moms, you can relate to this. of just feeling like, oh, I'm just not doing everything that I possibly can do for the good of my family, for the good of my kids. We can all struggle with not seeing all the good of who we are and all the good that's flowing out from our lives and the blessing that we're being. We can be blind to that. And yet often, with the assistance of Satan, by the way, we can only see what we're failing to do or what we're falling short to do as a mom, falling short to do as dads. Um, and this is something that can just plague us. It's very easy as a mom to feel guilty over something like that. But it's also very easy for moms to feel struggle over more significant things 
like their anger and their impatience toward their kids and harsh words at times that they speak. I've got good news for all the moms who are here this morning. Moms, if you have repented of your sins and if you have trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the blood of Christ covers over the doorposts of your heart and your life. And it is true that we all fall short. Sometimes the enemy tries to exploit a reality in our lives, which is we are failing. We are all falling short of everything that we should be doing. We're not just committing sins actively, sins of commission. We also sin sins of omission. We fail to do that which we should do. And so there is a, a legitimate sense of guilt that we should have for falling short of God and His glory. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, Romans says. But the good news for all of us in this room this morning is for those who believe in Christ, though we all have fallen short, Jesus Christ never fell short. He was the perfect lamb without blemish that these lambs here, sacrificed at Passover, could only represent. Christ perfectly fulfilled the law. And He died on the cross in the place of sinners. And when His perfect blood was shed, and you, broken, guilty, realizing that you're a sinner, look upon Christ on the cross and say, God have mercy on me, a sinner. The blood of Christ. God looks upon the blood of Christ. And I've got good news for you, Mom. He passes over you. The judgment that you deserve. The judgment that I deserve as a sinner. is passed over because the blood of Christ covers you. I hope that comforts you, moms, here on Mother's Day. John the Baptist, the forerunner of Christ, said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world in Matthew one twenty one, And then in 1 Corinthians 5.7, we see that Christ is our Passover lamb. The Passover lamb pointed, this Passover lamb here in Exodus only pointed to the true lamb of God who was to come, Jesus Christ, who takes away the sins of the world. So let us proclaim the blood of Christ as that which can make, as we sing in the great hymn, His blood can make the foulest clean. His blood availed for me. I want to read 1 Corinthians 5, beginning in verse 6. I think it will be for you for projection. Your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you really are unleavened. This is talking about the importance of holiness. But look at this phrase. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. All these Passover lambs only pointed to the true Passover lamb who was to come, Jesus Christ. And then, the Apostle Paul goes on to say in verse 8, Let us therefore celebrate the festival, 
not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. And so here, this linking of the unleavened bread and what that symbolized, the feast of unleavened bread pointed to the unleavened bread of the true believer's heart that lives in sincerity and in truth. There's details about the Passover lamb here in verse 46 in chapter 12. I want to highlight for you real quick. Look in verse 46. Um, It shall be eaten in the house. You shall not take any of the flesh outside the house. And then look at this detail. This is just awesome. You shall not break any of its bones. Don't break the bones of the Passover lamb. It's so interesting then, church, because then in Psalm 34, verse 20, there's a prophecy. I want to read it for you. He keeps all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Who is this prophesying about? John chapter 19, verse 32, we read, So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first man and of the other who had been crucified with him. but When they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs, but one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. Oh, by the way, blood that covers the true believer's heart so that God passes over you. And at once there came out blood and water with that spear, redemptive blood for you and me. He who saw it has borne witness. His testimony is true, and he knows that he's telling the truth, that you also might believe. And all of this happened, it says in verse 36, for these things took place that the scripture might be fulfilled, not one of his bones will be broken. So it was normal for somebody who died on the cross for their bones to be broken. They would break the bones of the man's leg who was suffering so that he could no longer pull himself up and take a breath and it would cause the death of that man to happen faster through asphyxiation. But when they came to Jesus, he was already dead. And not one of his bones, not one of the bones of the true Passover lamb will be broken in fulfillment of Scripture. I just think that's awesome. My question again, are you covered? Are you covered by the blood of Christ, my friend? Are you covered having believed in Jesus, having turned from your sin, acknowledged to God, God have mercy on me, a sinner, and look to Christ this morning, and He will cover you by His blood so that when the destroying angel comes again, when the day of judgment comes, which will make the day of judgment on Egypt look like nothing, when the great day of judgment comes, God will see the blood of Christ on the door of your heart and He will pass over you. Now, there's nothing more important, no more important decision for you to make this morning. Christ the Lamb and His blood, my friend, is the only thing that can cleanse you and save you. Moms plagued with guilt, the blood of Christ is the only thing that can cleanse you and save you and atone. For your guilt. Faith in the blood will cleanse and save you. His blood can make the phallus clean. I love that phrase because I look into my own heart and the words 
foul is a good word to describe my heart. His blood can make the foulest clean, no matter how dark into the depths of sin you have taken yourself into the depths of darkness. The blood of Christ can make the foulest clean. And that is our hope this morning. Point two, sudden redemption. Sudden redemption. Let's look again in Exodus chapter 12, this time at verse 29. At midnight, the Lord struck down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on his throne, to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of the livestock. And again in verse 31, Then he summoned Moses and Aaron by night and said, Up, go out from among my people, both you and the people of Israel, and go. Serve the Lord, as you have said. Take your flocks and your herds, as you have said, and be gone. This man whose heart of steel resisting God all throughout the plagues that have come before, the other nine plagues here, broken before the power of God. This most powerful man on the earth at that time, Pharaoh, is allowing the slaves that have been under him for 430 years to be gone. And he is so broken that all he can say as they're walking out the door about ready to depart from Egypt at nighttime was this, and bless me also. He was so shattered, so vanquished by the power of our God that he asked for Moses and Aaron to bless him even as they walked away. I want you to imagine for a moment what what it must have been like for Pharaoh and the Egyptians this night. Imagine what it must have been like to be Israel. To be in your house and to, 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 to be aware that the destroying angel is coming by. Seeing the blood and passing over you, but then going over into the land of Egypt. And I want you to imagine how terrifying it would be to start to hear the cries. To start to hear throughout the night the cries that were building up more and more in number as firstborn after firstborn in the houses of the people of Egypt lie dead. And people began to grieve and mourn. Imagine what this must have felt like. This must have been an extraordinary night. And then, that very evening, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron. It's not like he set an appointment for two days afterward. It was like, let me summon these guys right now. And I'm going to tell them to go. And it's not just Pharaoh. The people of Egypt as well are so terrorized by what happened that they actually just say, when the people of Israel ask them, hey, listen, do you have any, anything you want to give us as we go? The people of Egypt were so terrified, they gave them their gold jewelry on the way out, and thus they plundered the Egyptians as they went out from amongst the nation of Egypt. It was a sudden calamity that came upon the people of Egypt. But it was a sudden redemption 
for the people of God. After 430 years of waiting, Pharaoh summons Moses. And it's just this sudden, get out of here, go. And this is one of the reasons why the Lord tells them in the Passover feast, and they, they, they celebrate the Feast of Unleavened Bread for, 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 for into the future as well, is to remember that that night, they had to move so fast, they couldn't even prepare their bread rightly. They had to grab it on the run. And in fact, what they were to do was they were to make sure that their, their belts were tightened, that their sandals were on, and they had their staff in their hand on that night of watching, Scripture calls it. Live ready is sort of the, the watchword when you look at the, the call of God to redeem His people in haste. It's like hurry up and wait. 430 years of long bondage in one night, Pharaoh's like, get them out of here. And the people of Egypt are so terrorized, they're saying, go. And here, we'll give you all of our gold as well. That's how total the awesome power of God is when He redeems. The plundering, like in the case of the Israelites, when our redemption comes, brothers and sisters, finally and completely, when Jesus returns and we go to be with Him forever. And even right now, as we believe in Christ, we are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. The blood is a ransom price. The blood is also that which satisfies the wrath of God against our sins. The blood sets us free from slavery to sin and Satan and death into freedom. And so just as Israel is redeemed out of slavery by God's power this night, we here as New Covenant Christians who believe in Christ, we also go from slavery into freedom. And not just slavery into freedom, but I want to just add this little detail here as well, because maybe this will encourage you. It's slavery into freedom with riches. How do you view your Christian life? Does it just, as uh, Josh mentioned earlier and from the ministry, Mike, does it just feel like a dull duty to you? Do you realize that Christ came, though he was rich, he became poor in order to make many rich? Rich with salvation benefits. And brothers and sisters, we have riches where the Apostle Paul just says, um, how do I describe my situation? Having nothing, yet possessing everything. That's here. Right now. That's not even talking about when we cross over to the other side. And we store up treasures in heaven. Live our lives here, not storing up treasures on earth, but we store up treasures in heaven and we live for Christ and His glory. And we get into heaven and we receive our reward. The riches, brothers and sisters, in heaven. The treasures in heaven. So great our God's eyes into every detail for good that we do when we live as Christians that the Scriptures actually say not even a cup of cold water which is given in the name of Christ will fail to lose its reward. Crowns, gems, and jewels. 
things that are going to blow our minds forever are going to be ours because God has not just been gracious. Let me tell you this. God has been lavishly gracious. (laughs) And they went out into freedom, but they went out into freedom with great riches. They plundered the Egyptians. And this just shows that our sorrow right now is going to be turned into joy, my friend. Don't think for one moment that heaven, the first breath of heaven that you take, isn't going to just absolutely blow your mind. Just visiting Greg in the hospital just this past week, his body is broken as he's laying in what really is going to be his deathbed, it would seem, unless the Lord does a miracle. He's laying in that bed and his body is broken. But brothers and sisters, when he breathes his last breath in that bed, he goes and gets swept immediately up into eternal glory and eternal riches. And that first breath of fresh air in the presence of Christ, to be absent from your body is to be present with the Lord. Immediate presence. Immediate. Heaven is the great reversal. Even your best life here is like nothing compared. It's like sorrow compared to the joy that you're going to experience forever in heaven. And so, oh, brothers and sisters, what do we learn here from this passage and this section on the the sudden nature of redemption? I just want to highlight this. Be alert. Keep watch. Be on guard. We are as Christians to live as those who have our staff in our hands, our sandals on our feet in the night of watching. We are called to, as Mark chapter 13 says, be on guard, keep awake, for you do not know when the time will come. Stay awake, stay alert. Because Jesus is going to come back. And we must live with perpetual alertness. We must not become slothful and like the wicked and lazy servant. That while the master is away, he just gets drunk and he doesn't care. And he just lives sloppily and not on watch. We as Christians are meant to keep watch, to be on guard, to keep awake. And would, would we all join together, Christ's community, to walk in this spirit, even as the Lord ordained for the people of Israel to remember during the Passover feast? Colossians chapter 2, the Word of God says, in verse 15, He disarmed the rulers and authorities, and He put them to open shame by triumphing over them in Him, in Christ. So Pharaoh is so utterly defeated that not only does he tap out, but he actually asks for a blessing. The false gods of Egypt are executed upon, is the phrase. They're judged that night. And the God's passing through the land of Egypt. He's striking down the firstborn, which is Pharaoh's hope. He's striking down firstborn of both man and beast. And he's executing judgments. And he says, I am the Lord. The redemption happens suddenly. Do we live, Christ Community Church, with our bags packed, ready to go? 
That's how we should live. With our bags packed, ready to go. Ready to go to heaven whenever the Lord calls us. Living alert, living ready, living ready to go. Not living as if we're trying to suck every ounce of life and pleasure in this life because this is all we got. Trust in Christ, live for Christ, believe in Christ. This is like nothing compared to heaven. Don't try to just lay hold of your life now like this is all you've got. If you believe in Jesus, these are the worst days you will ever have. Your best days are in front of you and they'll be forever in heaven. Trust in Jesus, repent and turn to Him now. Oh, dear friends, repent and turn to Christ while there's still time because after He returns, it'll be too late. Finally, point three, steady reminders. This kind of transitions into Exodus chapter 13 throughout the chapter, and I'm just going to hit these quick. The Feast of Unleavened Bread, the the, the consecration of the firstborn, the the sacrifice of the firstborn that's in this section of Scripture. Um, The Passover feast, these were all reminders of what God did and reminders of God's power. I want to highlight these verses. Look at Exodus 13, beginning in verse 3. Then Moses said to the people, Remember this day in which you came out from Egypt, out of the house of slavery, for by a strong hand the Lord brought you out from this place. A strong hand is spoken of in verse 3. Look at verses 8 and 9. You see this? You're going to get familiar with this phrase here. You shall tell your son on that day. It is because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt. You see this instruction, father to son, parent to son, parent to daughter, mother to daughter, mother to son. It shall be to you as a sign on your hand and as a memorial between your eyes that the law of the Lord may be in your mouth. For with a strong hand, the Lord has brought you out of Egypt. Look at verse 14. And when in time to come your son asks you, what does this mean? This is talking about when they redeemed the firstborn through sacrifice. You shall say to him, by a strong hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt from the house of slavery. For when Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of animals. Therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord all the males that first opened the womb, but all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. So you're doing this ritual, and your kids are watching you. You're taking communion, and your children are watching you. Daddy, why are you taking communion? I can't wait to take communion next Sunday. Our children are watching us partake of the bread, partake of the cup, and they're asking us, why do we do that in church? This is meant to cause us Proclaim the gospel to our children. Because with a strong arm, God saved your daddy. With a strong arm, mothers, tell your children, God redeemed me out of slavery to sin. Out from under slavery to Satan. Out from under slavery to sin and death. He forgave me of all of my sins and my guilt. And my child, he can save you too if you'll repent and believe. Moms, that is the most important thing that you can do in the life of your children. John said it so well today. Preach the gospel faithfully to your children and live the gospel before them. Preach it again and again and do not tire. And you will be a faithful mom 
to your children. Tell them about God's power. And tell them about God's presence. And how good He has been to you. There's just these reminders. You see it all throughout the Old Testament, but there's even this reminder later on in Exodus chapter 13. You see this in 13, 19. Look at this phrase. It actually says, oh yeah, by the way, when they're leaving that night, Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. For Joseph had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones with you from here. So Moses, 430 plus years prior, said, you know what? God's going to take my people out from Egypt. And you know what? As just a last step of faith before I die, I'm going to make them all swear. Take my bones up out of here when you go. What a great testimonial. And so think about this. For 430 years, Israelites are laboring under slavery in Egypt. And all the while, you've got a casket over in the corner that everybody knows about. It's Joseph. So that in the darkest of days, the people of Israel could look and just say, you know what? These bones speak. They remind me of the promise that God made to Abraham that we would be in slavery in Egypt for 430 years and then we would be delivered by a mighty and outstretched arm of God. Do you think that might have given some hope to some people? Well, here's the day of exaltation. Here, Moses, they're getting the bones and they're getting them up and they're hoisting them up and they're walking them out of Egypt. This is fulfillment of promise. But there were reminders all along the way. Oh, brothers and sisters, remembrance is so important for us. Remembering how God has been so powerful to us in the past and also remembering that God's going to be faithful to us in the future to fulfill His promises. Let's be good rememberers and remember the Gospel before our children. They don't just need to hear it from their pastor. They need to hear it from their mom. They need to hear it from their dad regularly. And let us point them to the true Passover Lamb who was to come, Jesus Christ, whose blood can make the phallus clean. Oh, brothers and sisters, Let us not tire to preach the Gospel. Moms, your labor in the Lord is not in vain. You are covered by the blood. And God loves your children more than you ever could love your children. All we're called to do is to be faithful to proclaim the Gospel. Faithful to proclaim the blood of Christ. And God is the one and the only one who can redeem the heart of man. And finally, this is for our moms as well but also for all of you. The last section in chapter 13 is glorious where it talks about the pillars of cloud and fire right after they're hoisting up Joseph's bones in great fulfillment. Verse 21, The Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, that they might travel by day and by night the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. You and I, brothers and sisters, are going to have many ups and downs in this life. Moms, you are going to have some joyous times and you're going to have some very dark times and a lot of times in between. But I want to encourage you, He is ever present with you. 
Not only has he powerfully saved you with a mighty outstretched arm, but he also is always present with you. If you have believed in Christ, moms, the Holy Spirit himself dwells within you. He's not just with you. He actually dwells within you. That's one of the blessings particular to the new covenant in Christ's blood that the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within you. There's never a moment, Christian, never a moment, beloved, when you are alone. I want to encourage you. He's leading you and guiding you today just as much as He led and guided and gave light to the people of Israel by day and by night. There's never a moment when He's not with you. Even when you fall asleep due to your exhaustion, Mom, the one who never slumbers nor sleeps is with you. And though you fail to keep watch, the great watchman of our souls is always keeping watch over you. And I want to encourage you to never forget this final promise before we come and close in worship. Hebrews 13, verse 5. This is for moms and for every believer in Christ in this room. I will never leave you or forsake you. Amen. Worship team, can you return? We're going to sing, I come by the blood. And we're going to sing, this is amazing grace. I want to encourage you to believe in Christ. Trust in Him with all your heart. Even as we're singing, worship Him. Join us in worship if you've never truly worshipped before. Turn in repentance and faith to Jesus Christ and be saved this morning. Now is the day of salvation. Oh, who knows, but this might be the last time you ever hear the gospel before you go and stand before the Lord on the day of judgment. My friend, once we die, it's too late. Once Christ comes back, it's too late. Now is our time to believe. Now is the time for us to repent. My brothers and sisters, aren't you so comforted by God's power and His presence? Aren't you so thankful that you're covered by the blood and that now you can come before Him by the blood of Christ because the true Passover Lamb shed His blood and died on the cross to redeem you, to satisfy the wrath of God that once stood against you and to bring you all the way into glory. Let's all stand and sing for the glory of His name. Christ community, this is the Word of God come to us. And I believe that the Lord just spurned this on my heart again uh, from a reading this morning so that you would leave here with a sense of all that's been preached, all the truth that we've sung that we're praying will sink deep down into our hearts. So now hear the Word of the Lord. So He bowed their hearts down with hard labor. They fell down with none to help. Then they cried, to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and burst their bonds apart. Let them thank the Lord for His steadfast love, for His wondrous works to the children of man. For He shatters the doors of bronze and cuts in two the bars of iron. Some were fools through their sinful ways. And because of their iniquities, suffered affliction.
They loathed any kind of food, and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man, and let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and tell of his deeds in songs of joy. So we can locate all of us ourselves in that passage of scripture, but can we locate ourselves as those people who have experienced the freedom that is found in Christ? And do we sing a joy uh, with a joy from the Lord? I pray that would be the mark of God's people here today as we leave from this congregation. Amen. Uh, in the scripture that Nathan just read, uh, it talked about crying out to the Lord in your distress. And all of us in this room right now are aware of those who are in distress. All of us might be in some distress of our own, just in our own lives. Let us, as we reflect, as the band continues to play, let us take a moment to cry out to the Lord in our distress and cry out to the Lord for the distress of others. Let's, let's just take a moment to pray together. Lord, we pray for those in our congregation who are distressed from sickness. We pray for those who are distressed, Lord God, because of sin. We pray for those who are feeling oppressed by the evil one. Lord, we pray for those who are just weary. Lord, we pray in our own distress. We cry out to you as a congregation. Break the bars of iron and bronze. Lord, show your power to deliver, to heal. Lord, show your almighty power to sustain the weary and strengthen them with a word. Lord, move in power, Holy Spirit, and revive and renew and refresh and restore. We ask that you would grant saving faith to those who have not trusted in you yet as Lord and Savior, that they be saved. We pray that you would Empower those to repent, those who have not yet repented. And we pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ in distress. Comfort them with your power and your presence. In Jesus' name, amen.